Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Yale Global Online is the flagship publication of the Yale Center for the Study of Globalization and explores the implications of the world's growing interconnectedness through people, products, and ideas. Sand mining, the growing pains of cross-border trade. Sand is indispensable for construction, roads, and oil recovery even as nations try to protect their coasts. The Yale Global article is written and read by Susan Frachel. When powerful storms strike, the surging water scatters tons of sand, and sand is essential for the rebuilding that will soon follow. Storms, along with climate change, are adding to the growing global demand for this product with poor consequences for the economy and environment. Sand is a main ingredient for concrete, roads, and other construction materials. It is second only to water as the natural resource most used. Building booms, especially in emerging nations, increase world sand production, with prices doubling since the end of the 20th century. In the 1990s, geologists described sand mining as a local business, Transporting the product any more than 30 miles was economically unfeasible then. Supplies that once seemed endless are in demand and even in short supply with brisk cross-border trade. Sand dredging along waterways eliminates natural buffers, contributing to nearby erosion. The International Monetary Fund warns of environmental harm with no international conventions to regulate trade, along with minimal enforcement of national regulations. Record-keeping on mining operations is relatively new for many nations. Industries have strong preferences. Sand varies in size and color, and chemical composition is linked to the geological origin of rocks and minerals that have weathered over the centuries. The construction industry relies on river sand. Glass, ceramics, electronics, and the oil industry seek inland silica sand with high levels of quartz, with names like Northern White or Sierra Gold. Foundries use dune sand for casting automobiles and wind turbines. Corrosive marine sand must be rinsed free of salt before use in concrete, but it works well for projects described as beach nourishment or replenishment. China alternately dredges the South China Sea for sand while adding deposits to contested reefs to build new islands. Water naturally alters coasts over time, and humans try to limit the damage for communities. Satellite data and other tools document the shifting coastlines due to rising seas and climate change. Mining nearby sand to expand distant beaches has become a sensitive issue. In Japan, sand mining has been banned for river channels since the 1960s, but it continues in seabed locations. The California Coastal Commission denied permits for Mexico-based CMEX, effectively ending sand mining for Monterey County beaches by 2021. Beach restoration is not a one-time fix. The added sand erodes faster than natural sand, 
and few beach projects last more than five years without ongoing additions, geologists explain. Billions of cubic yards of material are removed from sites from around the globe annually to keep shipping lanes open. In the United States, the Army Corps of Engineers oversees dredging projects to widen channels for modern ships. They stockpile offshore supplies to protect coastlines. Florida communities have added millions of cubic yards of sand to beaches over the last two decades, and Panama City is one of these places. The sand comes from nearby offshore borrow areas. A mixture of sand, silt, and water is transported by pipelines. The cost of 2017 repairs for Panama City was estimated at $17 million, and it was largely paid for by tourists, with a bed tax on all rentals. Some communities, like Miami, have used up their allotted offshore supplies. Yet they reject sand dredged from inland Florida as too dark and too costly. Instead, they want the white sand from the Bahamas and the Caribbean. That requires overturning a U.S. law prohibiting imported sand in any beach restoration projects that receive federal funding. Activists raise alarm about eroded shorelines and wildlife protections. And communities increasingly impose limits on sand mining and exports. Some oppose public funding to restore beaches that limit public access. The appearance of four big sand mining barges off a beach in Suriname, despite a ban, demonstrates the need for community vigilance. Nowhere is the competition for sand more intense than in fast-growing Asia. Governments in Malaysia, Vietnam, and Cambodia have limited exports of river sand. They are especially concerned by Singapore's increasing its landmass by 20% since the year 2000. People in six countries that rely on the Mekong River worry about China's plans to dynamite sections this is just one among the many One Belt, One Road projects that require sand. A judge in the Philippines this year urged the government to guard a sandbar near Subi Reef, where China is reported to be dredging sand. Investigators in Cambodia discovered that up to $750 million worth of sand went missing. The UN Commodity Trade Statistics Database monitors this kind of mining. It showed 3 million tons leaving the country in recent years and more than 70 million tons of Cambodian sand entering Singapore during the same period. Cambodia imposed a permanent ban on exports this year. Increased restrictions contribute to illegal sand mines throughout Asia and Africa. Industries search for alternatives. The fracking industry is reducing use of sand with new chemicals. Alternatives to river sand include crushed and screened waste glass, crushed rock, and granite dust. Singapore, New Zealand, and Australia, and other places manufacture sand with large crushing and sorting equipment. Engineers dismiss desert sand as too fine for construction or beach improvements. This forces sand-rich nations like the United Arab Emirates to rely on big multinational corporations for their supply. Still, researchers experiment with treatments 
to make desert sand suitable for erosion control. Recycling is another option. Recycling rates of glass containers is 73% in the European Union and 34% in the United States. Every ton of recycled product eliminates the need for a ton of sand. Singapore is taking lessons from the Netherlands in building seawalls around its low-lying coastal tracts of land, including networks of drains and pumps. But the best defense may be restricting building in coastal zones altogether and protecting native plants. The world's largest exporter of sand is the United States. Today, the country ships sand to almost every region in the world. The value of U.S. production of construction sand and gravel is higher than that of gold or copper production. Collecting production data in many nations is challenging because of the informal nature of some businesses. In 2002, more than 190 nations concluded that sand and other minerals are essential for economic and social development. Sand miners must strive to build good relations with communities by emphasizing sustainability and reducing waste, suggests the National Stone, Sand, and Gravel Association in the United States. Natural processes create sand over the course of centuries. Unchecked sand mining with more sand removed each year than what can be replaced is unsustainable. The forces of globalization are altering coastlines as much as storms and waves shape each grain of sand. Susan Frachel is the editor of Yale Global Online. She is also the author of five mystery novels that examine the forces of globalization at the local level. This and other Yale Global articles can be found at yaleglobal.yale.edu.